0: To blast from the arsenal hey everybody how you doing thanks for joining us on another episode of blast from the arsenal your weekly podcast for all things arsenal and proudly sponsored by productive design i'm angelo your host and joining me as ever is Diddley. how are you Diddley?
1: i'm good thanks angelo how are you
0: uh i'm all right i'm all right i've got a week off work next week so that's keeping me going uh and obviously we've got the international break coming up so that's going to be tough because i've really got, <laughs> into, the, I've really got into the ebb and flow of uh constant football being on on telly not just arsenal but any football full stop just to fill the the evening boredom so um yeah I'm, actually, it's, I'm looking that's forward. a
1: madness isn't it the amount of football that's on
0: it is, it is i was thinking about this we're going to um, we've kind of been sport in a way haven't we that we've just got every single game practically on on tv come next season you know when we're actually allowed back in stadiums that's great for those of you that can get tickets or travel to to that part of the, the uk but if you're having to rely on tv coverage you might not get to watch your club so um yeah enjoy it while you can gooners If if three or draws with West Ham are enjoyable, I'm not sure. Um, But no, other than that, mate, I'm all good. What about you?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, yesterday we couldn't do our live YouTube uh, um, show as planned because I had to work late for a change. Um, So sorry if we've let anyone down there. But uh, hopefully that won't um, be too, too common in the future.
0: Nah, I'm sure they'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll survive. Are you cutting any fingers
1: off this week, mate? Uh, no, it's actually growing back a little bit. It's uh, it's looking well.
0: Good. Good. <laughs> Good to get a weekly Have you, finger. Have
1: uh, you suffered any workplace injuries?
0: Uh, workplace injuries? No, not quite. I um I I had a cock up at work once. I don't know if that counts. It was an injury to my my pride. I, I was working um, for my current workplace, but in my first stint there, and I was only like a young, fresh-faced 18-year-old. And um, my uh, my boss at the time was like, "Oh, my emails keep clogging up. You know, I've got so much, so much stuff in my emails." I said, "Look, delete them." She goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, delete them. It's fine. Look, if you put them into your at your inbox and into your folder, you know, if you've got these various folders down the side here, you can then delete them from your inbox." She was, oh, brilliant. Okay. So anyway, we sort of filed them and I showed her how to do it. And then she hit delete. But it deleted absolutely everything. And she had no way of recovering any of these emails that she had. So I was like, ah oh, shit. So, um you know, I was, I was obviously deeply embarrassed. And uh, I, I went for a break in the common room and I dropped, I can't remember what it was, but I, I sat down and then I dropped something. And I uh, stood up and, and leaned across the table, like this little coffee table, to pick it up. And I put my knee on the table to sort of hold my hold my balance whilst I went down, <laughs> smashed the table in half. <laughs> so it was literally just like a, yeah, an absolute nightmare uh, scenario. So no no injuries luckily, but there was injury to the table and there was injury to my pride from trying to be clever and and screwing up. So. Yeah. Sounds Nothing's like, bad.
1: more like a episode of Mister Bean, that
0: mate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I should write a, a sitcom. I maybe do something <laughs> with that. Uh, but, but uh, no, luckily Touchwood, no broken bones or or major scars or, or anything of that nature. So uh, there we go. Good. All right, mate. Well, uh, now that we've got a finger update of uh, of this week, let's see how we get on next week, and maybe I'll we'll have the whole lot back. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> For anyone that's um that's yet to do it, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And as Diddley says, we're not on uh, YouTube doing our, our live uh, feeds tonight, but uh, we'll be back next week. So make sure you follow us on uh, YouTube. Just search for Blast from the Arsenal. Uh, and also, if you click on the little notification bell, you'll get, uh, funnily enough, a notification to tell you when we're going live with a live stream. Uh, of course, we're on social media, which we say is the hub of all of our activity. Diddley, what's the social media handle that they need to look out for? It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. The same for the last 32 episodes. Uh, nice. And I don't think we're going to change it. So there you go. Blast Arsenal Pod. Make sure you check it out and follow some of the gumph that we put out there. Um, there's lots to get through, as there always is. Uh, my little catchphrase now. Uh, but obviously, the weekend draw against West Ham is going to be our main point of uh, of conversation tonight. However, as we do in every episode, let's start with Tweet of the Week. Diddley, take it away, mate. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you cut out ever so slightly there, but it made you go very high-pitched. Tweet of the Week. Okay, we've got quite a few Tweet of the Week contenders again this week, haven't we, Diddley? Uh, well,
1: it always is. Uh, every time you know Spurs do something absolutely hilarious, Twitter explodes with some absolute gems.
0: It does. There are plenty of corkers out there. Um, and, of course, you're referring to the fact that they were 2-0 up, coasting into the next round of the Europa League and uh, they, they did a Spursy and lost 3-2. Um, just before we got on to tweet of the week, were you watching that game? Well, an absolute bunch of players there. Yeah, sorry. What you you saying? Did you watch that game?
1: Uh, I didn't. It was uh, It was on quite late. I, I also I saw the result and I watched the highlights afterwards. Uh, it was a pretty good hat trick, to be fair, to that um, Dynamo
0: Zagreb player. It
1: Orsic, was?
0: was it? Yes. I yeah. Think. Orsic, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Decent hat trick, and obviously couldn't have happened to a nicer club. So. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, so happy days there yeah. right, tweet of the week, so yeah we did get some gems we did see some gems largely because of, um, of what happened to Spurs, so have you got a few that you want to start with and you can choose a winner afterwards
1: yeah sure, we've got one here from Matt Owen at Patist Matt 70, he says did Drake and Josh do a watch along for the Zagreb game, their spoof account is being hilarious
0: which is reference to those two Spurs fans. I don't know if they're brothers. They look like they're, they're potentially brothers. I so, think
1: they are. Yeah, they look pretty confident, they're brothers.
0: But yeah, they look quite similar.
1: Uh, <laughs> pair of spanners. Say again. They just, uh, they're a pair of spanners, aren't they? They
0: are. They are. I, um, I cringe, personally speaking, I, about you, but I cringe at uh, AFTV. I, I just don't like it. I don't like anything it stands for. And... Um, <laughs> I, you know, whenever non-Arsenal fans say to me, oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. Um, but then I see the opposite. You know, I see uh, these guys or um, what's the other guy called? That's a Spurs fan. Um, I want to say example. Main Genus. No, he's definitely a Spurs fan, yeah. Yeah, he might have a shell a little bit about it, but he, he's a Spurs fan. Um, I can't remember the other chap's name now, it's 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 uh, it's left my mind, but it's hilarious being on the other side of the fence and seeing these other fan accounts you know crumbling when something goes wrong with their team. Um, a bit like Mark Goldbridge for United as well. I mean, United, I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. him. Um, so yeah, that was a good one, that was a good one. Thanks, Matt. Uh, what else you got for us, did
1: Um I've got one from Natalie at Natalie Bermston. Uh, a bit more of a serious one this, but uh, it's a good tweet nonetheless. Enough! Exclamation mark! All of us have had enough. There shouldn't be any room for people to feel comfortable saying these kinds of words anymore. Um, our eyes are on you, UEFA, Europa leagues. Hashtag say no to racism. And um, that is, of course, in reference to Glenn Kamara, who was racially abused by a Slavia Prague player. Um, yeah, there's there's no place for it in football anywhere in the world. And um, yes, yeah, uh, look, there are opponents in the, in, the next mat, in the next round of uh, the Europa League.
0: Yeah, nothing more to be said, really. We'll, is we'll there? have to you see
1: know, how that how that plays out. But yeah. um, hopefully uh, it's it's just a, a competitive football match and nothing more.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say Nassie speaks for all of us when we say that. It's absolutely she atrocious. Does, yeah. You just can't condemn um, strongly enough that, that that's, I don't know, you know, there's no excuse for it in my eyes, but I just can't fathom how somebody could feel that way about someone else. And just think it's all right, you know, to, to act like that, to say those sort of things. So, um, yeah, look, just going on to the, the match itself and obviously the the fact we've got them in the next round, I did see, and I don't know if it's just a rumour, we know that UEFA are not particularly strong on uh, teams that, that, you know, have been um, sort of racist in the past or have had fans that are racist in the past I really don't do enough to to come down hard on these teams. But there was a rumour flying around that they might get kicked out because of it um, and that the uh, their place would go to the next highest-ranked team that was from the previous round, which would be Tottenham Hotspur. So, uh, you know, on one hand, it's disgusting, the racism. It's disgusting that they're being allowed to continue to play. On the other hand, I don't really want to have to play Spurs. So, it's uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But regardless, you know... Mm-hmm. It's not about football, this tweet. It's bigger than that, isn't it? So thanks, Natalie. Uh, I think you're right in what you're saying there. Um, now, I wouldn't normally read a tweet out from a Spurs fan, but this one was particularly funny. This is from Darren, who's at Daza THFC 1882. Obviously, being a Spurs fan, don't follow him. <laughs> but uh, his tweet says... "These, Yeah, well, you know how it is. Uh, his tweet says the Zagreb manager used his one phone call to say, lads, it's Tottenham. Obviously, on the back of the fact that he's gone to, gone to prison just... What hours before, days before? Something like that. Um That's quite, crazy. It, that's nuts. That is nuts. But quite quite funny actually, quite accurate. You know, probably did say lads, it's Tottenham, and that's what spurred them on. Um We've got one here from Tick Attacker Connor, haven't we, Diddley? Who featured on there recently, but he has got he has got a good one. Do you want to read it out?
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, got a picture with it. It's Jermaine genus
0: <laughs> Friend of the show, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the legend that he is. If you take away the Zagreb goals, Spurs are through to the next round.
0: God! <laughs> oh, yeah, true, true. Um, and I think finally we've got one from at Guna Reverend, uh, also known as Phil on Twitter. He says, anyone on here, and by hearing means Twitter, anyone on here could do better than Wenger. Anyone could do better than Emery and everyone can do better than Arteta. My question is, why aren't you in football management earning millions every year uh, instead of the humble trade you currently play? <laughs> Which is gosh, so true. I love that tweet. It's so true because it's like everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's an expert. Yet, you know, you're still a, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever you do. You know, why are you not in football management if you're such a genius? That Yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, do you have candlestick <laughs> makers these days? I guess they must still. Oh, <laughs> well, someone's got to make them. <laughs> must still exist. The robots, I don't know. But
1: yeah, so Diddly, who was your tweet of the week? Um, well, there's some there's some great tweets in there, some funny tweets as well, but I, I can't look past um, that tweet from from Natalie. So it's got to be that one.
0: Yeah, well done, Natalie. Uh, and as I think you speak for all of us when you say. Uh, enough is enough so um, thank you and we'll give you a shout out on Twitter good work right before we get on to um, reviewing the Arsenal West Ham game uh, because we know how we know how that ends and that is going to take some some digesting isn't it Diddly? Um should we play what, what have you got lined up for us is it a witch number nine this week I do yeah I've got a witch number nine should we, should we, should we lighten the, lighten the mood before we get down yeah, to the Yeah, why not? You want
1: me to sing the jingle? I mean, you know,
0: does a bear do its business in the woods?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, which number nine?
0: Ba, 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 ba.
1: <laughs> okay, Talk I'm going to me. Gonna ask you five. I'm going to give you five clues. Okay. Uh, about a former Arsenal player who wore the number nine shirt and uh, you have to guess which player that was.
0: Simple as that. So. Simple as
1: that. It's as simple as that. Clue number one, are you ready? Go for it. Okay, this player scored 23 goals in all competitions for Arsenal. Okay. His first... Goal came against Chelsea. Okay. In his first full season, he scored in the first six games of the season. Okay. Clear number four. He's only the second player to get a red. In the FA
0: Cup final. Uh, okay. Um, okay. you got a red card in the FA Cup final. I feel like I should know that one. Go on.
1: Right. And last clue. And it's a biggie. He was a member of the Invincibles.
0: Okay. And he wore number nine.
1: Uh, Everyone's. Screaming the answer, Andrew. I know. I
0: don't know why I'm struggling. It's the pressure. It's the pressure. Okay. Uh, so he's an in invincible war number nine. The only I'm trying to think. He bloody war. Is it? It's, it's the FA Cup final one that's thrown me. Because I feel like I should remember this. And <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: do you, I can I can um, expand if you like on yeah, the, the on. FA Cup oh, final. It, it was a, it was go the on. one against Man United. Uh, in 2005, that did eventually go to penalties after finishing nil-nil.
0: Yeah, I do remember the game. Cause we got absolutely battered. We really didn't deserve to win that. And then obviously Vieira popped up with the great uh penalty at the end. Uh, You're right,
1: we didn't, but we did. So it's we, quite yeah. funny, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's, and I'm glad we did because then we went on a real barren spell after that, didn't we? uh Okay, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm struggling this. So I'm just going to throw some names out, and I don't even think they played as number nines, but we'll go with it. Uh, first one I'm thinking of is Reyes. It is Jose Reyes. Is it? Do you know what? I thought that from the off, and I thought, oh, did he? Did he? it didn't seem like a nasty enough player to get a red card.
1: Honestly, I don't remember what it was for. It, maybe it was two two yellows.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: From,
0: yeah. Ah, oh, God rest his soul. Great player. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I, I was watching Twitter today and I saw, um, from the Invincible season, we were losing to um, Middlesbrough. We were losing 3-0, three I think. 3-1, I think it was. Yeah. And then we came back and won it 5-3, didn't we? Yeah. A- amazing play from Burkamp that game. You know, just the way that uh, you watch him now. I mean, you, you you didn't take him for granted at the time, because you know how especially he was. But you watch it back now and go, jeez, he was some player. Um, but there's a cracking finish in there by Reyes. Um, go and YouTube it if anyone hasn't uh, you know, can't can't remember it. But um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant finish. So uh, oh, there you go. I got it. First guess. That was good. I feel better for that.
1: <laughs> well done.
0: Right. No getting away from it. Um, I tell you what. Actually, I'm just going to throw in there. We're going to talk West Ham, Arsenal. Obviously, finish three all. And I don't think there is. So I'm going to make a bold statement here, but it's quite nice. Certainly in my notes, I don't think I've got anything that relates to VAR and, you know, VAR controversies. So um, that's quite refreshing for a change. It does, feel, it does feel like in recent weeks, that's all we've spoken about. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, let, let's get down to business. Let's start with our starting 11, because again, there were some uh, interesting choices made by Mikel Arteta. Uh, which threw quite a number of people um, and definitely sort of split opinions. So, um, have you got the starting lineup to handle? Do you want me to run through it? I've got it here if not.
1: I can, yeah. Uh, Leno in goal. Mm-hmm. KT left back. Callum Chambers coming in at the right back. Uh, David Luiz and uh, Pablo Mari playing centre back. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the Shaka party pivot in midfield with uh, Martin Odegaard uh, in the number 10 spot, Abamyang starting out on the right, Saka on the left, and Lacazette up front.
0: Yeah, thanks What did that. you make it out of that, then? Um, I'm not going to lie. I suspect, like, probably most people, I looked at Chambers and thought, what's going on here? Um, not that I've got anything against him, but obviously he's only played one game this season, I think, which was against Burnley. Uh, we, we, you know, even at that point, I think I thought, what's going on here? So the fact that he started against West Ham, uh, I, was, I was a bit like, what? Um, but am I right in thinking he maybe came in for Bellerin? Did Bellerin get injured in the warm-ups? Um, I don't know if I heard that or that was a rumour or maybe that's, you know, a, a bit of a justification. But either way, I saw his name on the team sheet and thought, hello, that's uh, that's a bit interesting. Um, Then I saw that David Luiz was starting again. Uh, which is fine because he's not done bad of late. you know. I'm waiting for his disaster because he drops one every so often, doesn't he? But it, he hasn't done too bad. Um, but more concerned that Pablo Mari came in for Gabriel. Um, you know, Pablo Mari's done quite well, actually. His stats are great, aren't they, if you think about it, um, playing for Arsenal. But you know how West Ham are going to play. You know they're going to have Mikel Antonio up front. He's an absolute monster, isn't he? He's so big and strong and powerful. I don't see... Pablo Mari is that kind of defender. I see Pablo Mari as a defender with a bit of guile, you know, the the, the the time to pick a pass and play it and turn. And I see Gabriel as like the perfect matchup for someone like um, Mikel Antonio. So a bit surprised to see him in. And also you want some consistency, don't you? I mean, God, we chopped and changed and topped and changed our back four this season. Uh, so yeah. I had hoped to see Gabriel in there. I don't know what your thoughts on that back four. We just take a pause there. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, well, like you, I was um, surprised to see Callum Chambers in there again. Um, you know, I'm I'm someone who doesn't really rate him too highly. And with his injuries, it's probably time for him to move on. But he made me eat my words you know, with a, with a pretty good performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, two yeah. Two
1: assists, uh, which we'll obviously come on to. Um, yeah, like you, the, the back four, the, the, the two centre-backs, the rotation is, uh, is a constant, ongoing thing, isn't it? He doesn't seem to... He either doesn't know which his best pairing is or or he just specifically picks certain players for, for certain games. Uh, looking at this one, I can only imagine that the height of Pablo Mari was, was something that he wanted wanted in there. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, but Gabriel's not exactly small, is he? He's not. No, he's not. I think he's so, like six three or something. Um, yeah, I don't understand the chopping and changing, but it definitely seems to be the left side more than the right side because, again, I mentioned this in previous weeks, Rob Holding doesn't really seem to be getting a look in at the minute, does he?
1: No, um, since he signed his contract, uh, for some reason he's he's not played too much,
0: has he? Yeah, signing a contract to Arsenal was a curse, I think.
1: It <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah. Look again, Aubameyang on the right uh, for me doesn't doesn't work.
0: No, have you seen him there before? Because I can't recall it.
1: I've seen, yeah, he's played out there before, but oh, he's yeah, never okay. done done anything worth remembering that's that's the issue
0: yeah was that a tactical move to catch West Ham off because they would have been expecting one of Saka or Pepe probably to start there wouldn't they do you think having a Bamiang out there was a oh wasn't expecting that right how are we gonna deal with this Um, and as it turns out pretty bloody well but um, do you you think that's what that was because it certainly felt a bit I say this quite often but square peg round hole
1: yeah, it's a curious one. Emil Smith Rowe. I don't know whether he was due to start or not, but uh, apparently he he was carrying a bit of a knock, so mm. that's why he didn't start. Um, I, I was interested to whether it would have been a Bamiyang or Lacazette that that would have missed out had Emil Smith Rowe been fit to start the game. Yeah. Um, he, I, I imagine he would have gone with a Bamiang, but. Based on form at the minute, I can't see why.
0: No, no. Um, Just going back to the midfield again, I guess, Chakra Party, no great surprise there. Um, Odegaard, pleased to see he's really getting a a run of games now to to show what he can do. And he he looked brilliant in this game, actually, in fairness to him. Uh, And then, obviously, with Lacazette up front, so... Parts of the team just felt a bit cobbled together. And maybe, I don't know if there was one eye on the fact that we just played on the Thursday um, in Europe. And maybe he was trying to go with the rotation to keep players fit because that is something that he's spoken about before. You know, all these players can't keep playing the same every week, um, two, two games a week. Um, so maybe that was part of it. I don't know. But yeah, definitely a bit of a cobbled together start. Uh, sorry, start. A bit of a cobbled together uh, starting lineup. Um, talk to you about the, the game then, because it's yet another game where we've had a really poor start. We're on the back foot from you know the off, essentially, and we've had to wait until close to half-time to decide to pull ourselves up and actually turn up for this game. Um, so, yeah, are you concerned by that? It seems to be a bit of a trend this season, slow starts.
1: It is, yeah. Uh, well, they didn't turn up, did they, for probably the best part of 40 minutes mm. uh, in this game and and uh, they weren't the only ones I, I turned up late to the game as well um i <laughs> thought we kicked off at four <laughs> <It's
0: such laughs> i thought we
1: I, I thought we kicked off at four o'clock and yeah.
0: um they sent you a ranty message going like you know what the f
1: is this and you were like yeah oh. and i was like what oh we'd have kicked off <laughs> And that was, what, 20, 25 minutes in?
0: Yeah, I think by the time you'd, you'd um, started to watch it, they were 2-0 down. I bet you're thinking, what's the point? Uh,
1: it was, actually, yeah. And then when it went 3-0, I mean... Yeah. God. Well, let's dissect. I mean, just <laughs> unacceptable, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah.
0: As I was gonna say, let's dissect it bit by bit. Um, so the sure. first album, 15 minutes, Mikel Antonio gets to the byline. Uh, on the Arsenal right-hand side. David Luiz doesn't get tight enough to him and he cuts it back to the edge of the box. And, you know, Arsenal foe, um, Jesse Lingard, the man that doesn't seem to score against anybody except us, uh, he takes a touch, nice touch it was, he sets the ball up and he um, kind of cuts across it and, and, you know, slices it, but not not poorly. It's actually a really good goal. He slices it nicely and drills it into the, the half volley, into the top corner of... The goal past Leno, and it's one of those shots where when you slice it like that, it's always going away from the goalkeeper, so he hasn't really got the the time to recover, you know, mid air. Um, it was a brilliant finish. There's no denying that. It was a brilliant finish. One of our our players did it. It's another one of those where you go, whew, you know, stick that on the the highlight reel, or if you're a Spurs fan, stick it on the DVD, you know, whatever you, whatever your fancy is. But it was a good goal, but I was a bit ah, uh, Jesse Lingard.
1: Yeah, and um, just disappointed to, to not see anyone closing him down at all. I think Callum Chambers, who it probably wasn't his responsibility, but he he was sprinting back and then ran over towards uh, Lingard when the ball was played to him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be looking at Shaka or Party or centre back coming coming out to close that down there. Yeah. Um, no excuses is there really it's just it's
0: just poor again and chambers does almost that classic defender thing where he kind of turns his body with the shot and therefore instead of having sort of his shoulders broad and standing firm he turns to the side and then you know i guess you've only really got the side of your body able to block the ball so you make your you make your block smaller, which um, I know it's only natural to, to do that because nobody wants to get hit. But when you pay that sort of money, you just take one, don't you? Um, that's the job as, yeah. as a defender. But, I mean, that's not that's not necessarily a criticism of Chambers. I think most defenders would have done that. But it's just frustrating. You know, again, 1-0 down, poor start. You're thinking, well, we're chasing the game already. Um, and I think at 1-0 down, I was thinking West Ham are... Uh, you know, they, they play a particular way, and their way is going to be we've got a goal. Let's sit back and let's hit them on the counter with long balls to uh, Mikel Antonio to run on to, um, which kind of works well for them. And there are a few times where it could have been a lot worse for us. So, poor start, uh, but it only got worse, didn't it? It um, did. So, second goal, two minutes later. Um, at this point, you were still. Blissfully unaware of what what was going on.
1: Um, I was at the petrol station.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think these guys needed some fuel to get going because they were awful. That's a nice seamless link, isn't it? Um, so let's talk about the second girl, Saka fouls Mikel Antonio, and uh, this really Which, um, sounds sounds
1: mad. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it was a borderline. Yeah, for me, I mean, for a big. Guy goes down quite quite easy and Saka's not the strongest, is he? So. No,
0: no, exactly. Um, so, so Lingard takes a real quick free kick because Kieran Tierney's turned his back. I think it may have been Xhaka turned his back. A couple of them, anyway, turned their back on the ball. First mistake, you don't do that, do you? And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tierney may even have thrown his arm in the air, like, you know, annoyed that the free kick had been given. So no one's looking at the ball. No one's looking at the danger. Um. The referee goes to get the uh, spray, doesn't he, out of his pocket. You know, the, uh, I'm going to mark it 10 yards, you have to stand back and I'll put a bit of spray by your feet. Um, but um, uh, Jesse Lingard, sorry, I lost train of thought there. Though, Jesse Lingard takes the free quick really quickly. Yeah, puts his hand on the ball, kicks it really quickly, lays it into the path. Yeah, he doesn't it. put his hand on the ball. Does he not even do that then? No, it's just dead. The ball's just you're right, the ball's dead, and he just kicks it, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: um,
0: into the path of Bowen, he just smashes it to Leno's near post. Uh, there are a couple of points there that really, really frustrate me. Um, what are your thoughts on that goal?
1: Uh, well, as- no, no excuses. I mean, we, we can sit here and point out, you know, whether the, the ref referees made a, a bad call or, or you know he's but the players have all switched off it's schoolboy stuff you know I've never known a free kick and someone not standing in front of the ball to prevent yeah. it being taken yeah. quickly um, Fine. to not even to have your back turned as well I mean it's shocking really I I don't know. They just weren't switched on, were they, from the off? No. And, and it just continued. And Leno probably should do better with a shot. Um, I think it takes a slight defect, deflection off uh, Pablo Mari, but still, near post, he's got to have that,
0: yeah, that covered. Always, I see it. they always have the near post as, as the keepers, always. Uh, so, yeah, again, it kind of squirmed under his hand. It wasn't even like a really clean shot that fired past him um the, the issue i take with this uh, everything you've said absolutely spot on absolutely the issue i take with this is i've seen a number of games where uh not just arsenal games just games in the premier league games in the football league where players will do that they'll take a quick free kick and the referee's gone whoa whoa, whoa, whoa you got to wait for my whistle bring it back let me get my foam out blah 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 what i can't understand is how can it be okay in some games and not in others is that a rule that it's just that the referee's discretion or should it be the referee has to um, restart the game, if you like? Because there's me saying Jesse Lingard put his hand on the ball. And as you say, no, he didn't. Don't remember. He just, just kicked it. And I was watching the game. I think the referee had his back to the game. So how does he know what happened? Yeah. He doesn't know if he's had his hand on the ball or not. He doesn't know if the ball was moving. He doesn't know if it's taken from the right spot. Um, which I can understand why referees would be like, well, wait, I'll set the game and then you can start it. So it's our own fault. I'm not saying it's not, but I just don't like the inconsistency of it's okay yeah. in some games. and it's, it's No, and it's
1: not. no, I do agree with you that, that, um, that there are inconsistencies throughout refereeing in the Premier League. And, you know, on another day, a different referee pulls that back, blows his whistle and says, whoa, 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 you know, Um another team maybe gets the call or doesn't get the call against yeah. them. Yeah, it, it is what it is, but it doesn't take away anything that, um, from how bad that defending was.
0: Yeah, it was our own doing. It, it was yeah. our own doing. Absolutely. And I, I tell you what, they'll, uh, they won't they will be doing that again in the future. You can guarantee that. They'll be standing in front of every ball and they won't turn their back to the ball. And in fact, you know what, it reminds me of um uh, under Wenger when uh, I think at one point he said to players if you go down if you think you've been fouled hold on to the ball because you're more likely to get the free kick once you've kind of held on to the ball than if you just let the ball go and uh, and carry on and I remember particularly Denilson if you remember him the little Brazilian player yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: he used to do that a lot he used to hold on to the ball a lot after he went down and I know that's something that's become more, more commonplace in football now that almost the opposite direction you know players do get the free kick given against them for handball because they've just assumed that they get the free kick hold on to it and the ref's gone well no you shouldn't have done that so i wonder if something like this arsenal might become a bit more commonplace where like you say you stand in front of the ball you you force them not to be able to to take it quickly but um seething absolutely seething at that point um and hey it gets worse it gets absolutely worse um by this point, you, you're fully watching the game. So, what do you recall I of the was. third goal? Uh, it
1: well, it's it's just more poor play, isn't it? Um, yeah,
0: this is the one where um, Tierney Tierney's got the ball in his left back position, and I think he tries to pass it, but it's intercepted by Declan Rice, um, and somehow makes his way to Jared Bowen and his cross deflects back to Kufal, I think his name is, who crosses it and it's met by Antonio who outjumps David Luiz and uh, they've scored. And you're thinking, ah, God. But Mikel Antonio doesn't look convinced that he's scored, like he's going to be given. And the reason for that is that as it's going goalwards, uh, Thomas Suchek kind of kicks it in, doesn't he? Nicks it off his foot. And I think uh, Mikel Antonio is thinking, oh, he's offside, so that's not going to get given. But... As, as Michel Antonio's headed the ball, Suchek is actually level with uh, Pablo Mari, I think it is, and therefore he's onside. Yeah. And it's three nil, and you know you're thinking, oh God, man, this is this is awful. I mean, West Ham used to be like a sort of perennial whipping boy for us, didn't they? You know, it's one of those games where you think three points, three points, and this season they've been brilliant, and you can see why.
1: Yeah, embarrassing. <laughs> three 0 down after half an hour. To all due respect to West Ham, it's regardless of where they are in the league, um, you know, it's unacceptable again.
0: Um, what do you put that slow start down to? Because we've just talking about a chop mentality, and change, a chop and change defense. Yeah, you know, could it be mentality? Could it be? As silly as it sounds, could it be a Bamiang when he's playing on the left is kind of a bit more mentally switched on defensively to, to come back and cover with Tierney, whereas maybe not so much with with if you think of with Chambers, that's a completely new partnership down that side. Or is that nothing to do with it? And like you say, is it a, is it a mental thing?
1: Um I think we are did we have a question relating to this uh Sort of yeah,
0: I think we did actually. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Let me Just, find. I know it. we
1: do questions at the end, but if we're gonna cover,
0: uh, uh, I've got it somewhere. It's always always the way, isn't it? You can't find what you need when you need it. Um, well, you talk amongst yourself and buy amongst yourselves. I mean, to yourself and to our listeners.
1: Yeah, look, a Bami-o needs probably a lot of uh talking to and um, to do his defensive work as it is on the yeah. left so stick him out on the right you know it's not something he automatically thinks about the, the, the dirty work and apparently I read a stat he only made four sprints in wow. that first half
0: yeah.
1: which is um, you know it's not good I, I think there's an element of fatigue as well throughout the squad um, but you know West Ham don't have European football, do they?
0: It doesn't
1: make a difference. Uh, Some of the players looked, you know, Saka looks a shadow of... He looks uh,
0: burnt out. He does, he looks burnt out. I
1: I think so, yeah. I wasn't surprised to see him come off at Mm -hmm. half-time. Kieran Tierney, again, you know, he's he's had to play a lot since he's uh, come back again from injury. And, uh, it, there's no real cover for him, is there? We haven't got an, another left back. Um, uh, you know, Cedric, maybe Cedric could have played in this game. I don't, I don't know, but he was on the bench. Um, yeah. Did, did you find that question?
0: I did indeed. Yeah. It's from Reese Hill at Reese H 87 and Reese says, what do you think was behind the collapse in the first 30 minutes? I like that Reese. We're on the same page there. uh, I've seen people blame Arteta, but surely that wasn't part of the game plan. Players' mindset, just not good enough. Something else. Um, play Diddly, Which of the above, or <laughs> unless you have anything else, you, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's all of those. It's not one. It's not just one thing. The issue is, it's it's a it's a mentality thing. You know, um, I think if you're going to rotate rotate for players that want to fight for their place and and not just you know players that know that, that they're going to. Be in every week more or less you know like a he he could have been rested for this game and, and they could have used Martinelli who's got a lot of energy he's not played much I, I was I actually thought he he might start his game but mm. but he didn't um he did come on last what 10 15 minutes yeah.
0: but he didn't start midweek either Martinelli in the Euro no, game so no. it's not as if he he didn't play in this at the weekend because he played midweek he's just not getting game time at the minute and that's completely the altogether, don't get me wrong um what what I can't understand is you know the team have come off a real morale boost in victory against Spurs when we probably weren't weren't the favorites to win that game um I understand you want to tinker it for midweek but why not put that same eleven back in for the Premier League game? You know, why not try and build the consistency? I, I yeah, I just don't I just don't understand it. And I think and and not that I like to particularly credit him because he's another um closet Spurs fan, not really in the closet. I'm sure Jamie Redknapp said something like It's as if Arteta has over um overthought about the you know the game. He's almost over what's the word he used? He's been over tactical with it you know he's thought too much about it overthought it and it's like just put your players in the positions they need to play in and that's the end of it do you know what I mean by that I think he's been almost too smart yeah. with what he's trying to do Um, you know I mean, put,
1: a, put a right winger on the right wing
0: yeah you know yeah I mean is Willian injured <laughs> he wasn't even in, on the subs bench so oh wasn't he no so I don't know if he's injured I didn't or... even
1: notice to be honest
0: yeah, but, you know, again, people like that, it's good to um, take stock with because you think, I'm not saying we're necessarily missing him, but the guy's had sort of, like five assists in the last six games or something. You know, but, uh, he could play right wing, he can play left wing. So why are we putting those, again, square pegs into round holes? Um, so, look, yeah, Reese, I think you're right. I think it could be any of the above. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Really poor start. Uh, and I think after that third goal goes in, if I'm not mistaken, Arteta's probably realised he's not got it right today and he starts to ring the changes because I think, did Aubameyang go back onto the left and Saka onto the right at that point?
1: I'm sure he yeah, did. Yeah,
0: he did, yeah. Um, You know, 3-0 down, you are thinking, well, what are we actually going to get from this game? But we, we turned it around, didn't we? We did turn it around. Um. So 38th minute, Callum Chambers gets to the byline, cuts back and um, Alex Lacazette, it was very much an, an Alex Lacazette type of goal, I think, um, reminiscent almost of Ian Wright in the way that he uh, controls it really, really nicely and then just power, pure power, smashes, shoots. And I know he gets a little nick off um, Thomas Suchek, um, but kind of a bit of a lifeline just before halftime.
1: Yeah, and it went down as as an own goal, didn't it? Um, But for me, uh, you know, being a used to be a striker, former striker, uh, I'd be fuming. I don't know. Well, yeah,
0: goals nicked off, especially for that.
1: If you've had a shot and it's, I appreciate it's going wide, but it's, you know, it's one of them ones. It's not like, um, well, you know, it's not like, like he's. Intentionally kicked it into the goal, is
0: it? No, it's a deflection. It's, it's, yeah, it's a deflection. You know, it's uh, that. That's not what I'd class as a. That's not what I'd class as a uh, as a own goal. You know, um, and look, maybe they're just trying to take it away from Laka because uh, he's actually scored more goals in the Premier League against West Ham than against any other club. He's scored five mm. against West Ham, uh, but only four. Only four. Four against Fulham, Southampton, Spurs, and West Brom. So. You know they must have known what he was uh, what he was in for when uh, when he started this game. Um, but look, they say that if you get a goal before half time, it changes the manager's um, half time talk, doesn't it? I don't think it will have necessarily for Arteta because I think regardless he was going to give him a rollicking. But for for West Ham, I'm sure um, David Moyes was probably thinking three 0 up, fantastic. And at three one, he must have been thinking, look, we've let him back in here. We got to be careful. Um, so good cross though by Callum Chambers.
1: It was a good cross. Um, again, nice, nice first time brings it down from Laka, and he's he's got a absolute rocket of a shot, hasn't he? Yeah. When he connects with it, it's um, it's unstoppable.
0: Yeah. It wasn't
1: I I I started to believe after that. We had a, another chance shortly after just before half time. Uh, I think Saka was put through. Yeah. And uh maybe picks the wrong corner to yeah. shoot for and
0: who I don't know if you can recall because I can't but who who sent him out was a lovely first time through ball. Was that I think guard? it was
1: Lacazette.
0: Was it? Right. Okay. Lovely pass, and I remember thinking, go on, that's lovely football, go on. Um, But yeah, not enough conviction in the shot, was there? No, but look, credit where it's
1: due, second half, we came out, first 10 minutes, I thought we were much, much better. Couldn't have been any worse, really. Well, no, it is Arsenal, could have been. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, we had a few half chances, and you sort of start looking at, at the clock don't you and think well are we going to get back into this Um, and uh, again it comes down to sort of similar thing where 60 minutes in quick free kick I think uh, Jared Bowen thought he was fouled but it was uh,
0: went the other way didn't it
1: went the other way yeah Uh, um, Martin Odegaard's brilliant brilliant in the in the 90 minutes i thought it was his best game uh, um Callum Chambers whips this uh, cross in and nothing you can do about that really
0: no nah, Craig Dawson it's volleys a, it a defense, it's, a, uh,
1: it's a perfect cross
0: yeah game on yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah Craig Dawson volleys it in and i have to say i have seen I don't know how I have, but I've seen quite a bit of Craig Dawson and maybe West Ham this season. And every time I've seen him, I've thought, he was a good bargain, actually. You know, he's actually played really well this season for for West Ham. Obviously formerly at West Brom, I think he was. Yeah. Um so uh unfortunate for him, but yeah, definitely, you know, with half an hour still left in the game, three two, you can sense it. You can sense that we're on the verge of some former comeback here. Um, and you're right, Odegaard was magnificent. Best I've seen him play. His feet, his feet, his quick feet are just amazing. You know, there's players that have quick feet with no end product. Um, there was a through ball, I think it was to Pepe. I'm sure it was. Uh, I'm yeah, sure that was, was game. Game. Yeah, brilliant through ball to Pepe. He almost cut two players out. I was like, what? Um, but unfortunately, Pepe couldn't finish. I, I forget. It was near the end of the game, I think. But um, some, yeah, he's got a real clever footballing brain and... I'm sure, like most people, we would love to be able to keep him. And he's been ringing, um, he's sort of, you know, been putting out glowing endorsements for Arteta this week, hasn't he? I don't know if you've seen them. Just saying, he's such a good manager. You know, I just need to listen to him because he's so clever. He knows what he's doing. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he said, look, uh, yeah, I'm here to the end of the season, um, and then we'll see what happens. But there's the two things I always say about football. Uh, and, and about me, I've said it before, I want stability and um, I can't remember what the other one was. Did you say I want to feel comfortable or something like that? Um, and I, I, I get that here. I feel, I feel at home, basically. So the noises coming from him sound good. Um, and I understand that Real Madrid are in a similar precarious financial position to Barcelona. So they might have to cash in, you know, to get some money in their pocket. Um,
1: as big as... A club, there are. There comes a point where you have to ask yourself. You know, I've got one career. Here. I'm face facts. I'm not going to make it at Real Madrid. Here, I'm. You know, I love it here. I feel at home, like he says. I'm playing almost every week. I'm, I'm number ten. You know, the the football now. He he's getting better game by game, and and the play comes. Through him a lot, yeah. a lot, and um, yeah, he's he's been really important. He's probably one of the best loan signings I think we've ever made. I, I'm struggling to think of a better one off the top probably of my head.
0: Kim Kallstrom and Kim Kallstrom, uh, yeah, FA Cup winner. <laughs> um, you know that guy was great. I mean, he broke bones, largely his own, but <laughs> he broke bones. <laughs> And, uh, of course, Denis Suarez, who, who can forget. So other than those two, he's probably the best we've ever had. <laughs> um no, jokes aside, he has. He's been fantastic and he's growing week by week. And, and this is the thing people seem to forget. Football isn't a light switch. You can turn it on and off all the time. It takes time to understand what, how the players that you play with are going to play, you know what sort of runs they make and how they make those runs and when they make those runs and do they come short or is that the type of player that's going to go long and want to over the top? All that stuff just comes with time and training sessions do some of that, but actually just playing football games is where you develop those skills, isn't it? And those understandings and those partnerships. Um, so look, I mean we could talk about him forever. He is a great, great player and I'd I really mm-hmm. do hope we get to keep him. Um, so we'll, we'll see what what happens between now and the end of the season. Um, but just going back to the West Ham game. 3-2, um, you know, momentum's building. We've got the opportunities. We're just not quite taking them. And I don't know if we got into maybe being a bit ahead of ourselves because actually we get caught on the front foot a little bit here, don't we, because we've all pushed up. And um, they hit the post.
1: Yeah, we were playing like it was the last five minutes and yeah. uh, we we were getting caught out not once but a couple of times. Mm. Um you know Jesse Lingard had a had a chance, and like you said, Mikel Antonio, a bit of a sitter really. Hits the yeah. post when you know maybe another day like that's in and it's game over.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, Leno was well beaten with that. It was across from um, Ben Rama, wasn't it? Who we were linked with, weren't we, before we went to West Ham? Um, yeah. Who, who looks good, but. You know, the yeah, way... he,
1: look, he looks all right, doesn't he? I, I'm not sure he's made quite made the step up.
0: No, that's what I was going to say. I mean, based it's on how
1: Premier League, yeah.
0: Based on how works out for us getting Odegaard, I think I'm kind of pleased with the way that one's turned out. Yeah. Really. Um, but he puts a good cross in, and as you say, uh, Mikel Antonio stretches and just get, he gets a toe on it and not enough of a foot, and that's kind of what pushes it onto the post as opposed to into the back of the net. As like you say, if that's gone in game over, all that hard work that we've done counts for nothing um, uh, but then, you know, moments later redemption of, yeah, of sorts uh, and Pepe involved with that one you got, you got details so I think Pepe puts a, is it not Pepe that puts a cross in for that one? It is, yeah um, uh, Go to the far post and Lacazette heads home, and we don't score a lot of headed goals do we?
1: No, for the amount of crossing we do, uh, which I, you know I don't really understand. What? Um, why we? Why we? Put why we in? cross it? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't. We've said this all season, really, haven't we? I don't understand why we do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good crossing, and it's a, a really good, powerful header by Lacazette. Um, and it's one of those games. If you're West Ham, it's a draw, but it feels like a loss. And when you're Arsenal, it's a draw and it feels like a win. And then the dust settles a little bit and you go, all that effort was still only one point, you know? We we could have actually won that game if we hadn't started so poorly.
1: Yeah, I do feel like, um, I understand what you're saying. Normally, I, I would feel like that was a win. And I was at most relieved that we didn't lose the game. I thought, you know, they saved themselves from a bit of embarrassment and to, to fight back um, not not every team can do that you know and fight back and from 3-0 down um, so that you know that is a positive but yes these two points dropped
0: yeah we're you know and today we're on the final stretch to the end of the season and uh, we need to be winning points to push for European positions don't we Yeah, uh, we've
1: we... Been talking about consistency and how, you know, if we are going to push for Europe, which I don't think is going to happen in the league, um, we, we've got to win back-to-back games, you know, mm. at least two in a row, and we just can't seem to manage no. it at the moment.
0: No. Um,
1: and a stat here, I know you like a stat.
0: I love a stat, um, go on.
1: From uh, the stat man himself, Orbinio, at Orbino. Arsenal's last nine league games wins three draws three losses three uh, that's uh sums up us that's a microcosm of our season really isn't yeah it? mid-table mediocrity average yeah that's where we are
0: it be, yeah it could be a t-shirt design that couldn't it <laughs> Arsenal 2020, <laughs> 2021 yeah um you're right it, that that sums up our season. I guess the only positive is in the first half of the season, if we'd have started that poorly, we'd have lost that game. And I do think that there is a turning point with this team where, um, you know, they're not there yet. Cause if we were there, we wouldn't be starting three nil down after half an hour. Um, but the fact that, like you say, we managed to have the mental strength to turn it around. We created lots of chances. We could have still won that game. Um, you know, it does give you that little bit of hope, doesn't it? That we're turning a corner of sorts, just a very slow pace. Um, and and we, we said it, you know, a few times now. We've really got to start judging Arteta from next season because he's got rid of a lot of the dead wood that he didn't want. He's brought in a couple of players that he does want. There's only so long you can continue finishing eighth, ninth, tenth before you think, well, this is good, but it's not good enough. And in fact, it's not even good. Um so yeah, lot, lots to think about there. On Odegaard, funnily enough, here's a stat as well for you. He's played more minutes in the league already for Arsenal than he has in his entire Real Madrid career. Um, so That's I kind of get to, yeah, sums up your point. He's been there for a few years now, isn't he? Because he was signed as a was he signed as a 15 year old 16 wonder, year old I think 15, he was yeah. yeah. Um, so, he's,
1: he's still only 22, um, but he's got a lot to offer. I think if a deal could be done and it's the price is right, obviously he could be the sort of number 10 successor that we've sort of been looking for someone. Yeah. I know we've got a Smith row as well, but I think you need more than one and um, we probably missed the boat on the Hasim. O R now, yeah. so you know, if Martin Odegaard's cheaper, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just don't want them to sell him with a buyback clause. Mm. You know, uh, if if we decide to buy him, we can come and get him at any time at a fixed price. I, I don't want us to do anything like that if that's the only way we can get him, because there's no stability there, is there?
1: Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back on loan for another season. Yeah. For a for a full season.
0: Yeah. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um and send send Danny, send Danny back. Send Danny back. It's not it's just not happening this it's year. It's just not,
1: it? not working out, is it? Um You ever play a player try too hard? Does he try too hard? Uh yeah, he does, I think, uh, at the things he's not good at, and one of them's running.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did put a tweet out during that, uh, Europa League game, second leg against Olympiacos, that uh, he runs like he's got flip-flops on. You know, you run around the pool, like the phone's ringing. They go, oh, didley, your mum's on the phone. You go, oh, shit, let me just jump out of the pool and you put your flip-flops on and you're running and you're a bit like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's He's hate. just
1: not very athletic, is he? He's uh, technically a very, very good player and he's made some mistakes recently and I think that's probably down to more... Being in and out of the team, more out than in, yeah. kind of thing. Not getting a consistent run, not being able to build any form. But yeah, I, I, he doesn't bring enough to the team for me. If we're gonna, if they want 25, 30 million euros for him, I think we could probably spend that better elsewhere.
0: I think so too, mate. Right?
1: I mean, I don't really rate him, but he gets goals. Jesse Lingard
0: he's not coming to the Emirates mate it's <laughs> obviously the club if that happens
1: <laughs> but you know I'm someone like of that ilk yeah. someone that just scores goals we just don't get enough goals from
0: midfield would York. you yeah so I know we're digressing here but would you take Aaron Ramsey back because there's thought that Juve are willing to let him go it would
1: always feel like a, a step backwards I think yeah taking a player back back I think as a club we've got to move on and and not especially the
0: best best days behind him I think
1: yeah especially when you've lost a player on a free you know he's run his contract down so to to pay to bring him back you know I mean who would do that who would spend that who would let a player go for free and then spend 89 million on him to bring him back oh yeah you did that didn't I
0: Crazy. Um, so, look, that West Ham game, we drew 3 0. Um, only the second time in Premier League history that Arsenal have come back from a 3 0 deficit to uh, draw. Do you know who the other one was against?
1: 3 0. No, I don't think I do. I know in the Cup we were 4 0 down to Reading and came back to win. Seven, five, seven, five or something yeah,
0: ridiculous that yeah. like this was against bournemouth january 2017 uh, of course um so yeah so that was that and and just finally man of the match he was officially man of the match i think callum chambers as i said major surprise that he was in only a second um league start of the season he had the most clearances with six and the most crosses with eight um thoughts I mean is this like a reinvigorated Callum Chambers who's been injured for a long period of time and could maybe force his way back into the uh into the Arsenal team because if you think Wenger signed him I think he was 16 million from Southampton where he'd predominantly played right back and Wenger converted him into a centre-back and he's just been so unfortunate with injuries is there a player in there that's good enough
1: Uh, I mean, two games is uh... Yeah, he, he needs to at least give some sort of show that he can uh, produce on, on a consistent basis without getting injured again, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether, whether he's in Arteta's plans next season remains to be seen, doesn't it? For me, personally i think he probably needs to move on but you know
0: yeah who knows
1: you, you can only have so much turnover uh you know, it really it's not good for the balance of the squad if we we've already had wholesale changes in january shifting players and yeah it remains to be seen i guess
0: yeah yeah, and I'm sure come the end of the season, we'll be doing a uh, should we keep them, should we not review. Um, mm. so uh, we'll see how he fares between now and the end of the season, and obviously give our review on that, right? Thanks, that diddly. And just a reminder, that then puts us up to ninth. So, uh, no more jokes about us being tenth, <laughs> we've improved to, to ninth. Uh, are we still ninth actually after the other weekend games? I'm not yes, sure,
1: yes, we are.
0: We are fantastic. Oh, how positive uh and next game in the premier league is on the uh 3rd of april at 8 p.m rearranged fixture against liverpool at home uh obviously we can talk about that um closer to the time we could probably do a, a review uh, sorry a preview of that game uh because as as this weekend comes we're going to the international break um which is always a, a snore fest as we said unless you're big into internationals uh then enjoy um, quick thoughts on Liverpool I mean obviously they've been a shadow of themselves this season possibly the worst ever defending champions of a, of a Premier League title um, definitely our best opportunity in a long time to get something out of a game with Liverpool um,
1: possibly yeah possibly um, maybe that wounded animal I mean it- it's must-win, really, for us if we want any, any sort of chance of, of finishing in that top six, seven for for European spots. Yeah. I yeah.
0: think. Um, yeah. yeah. Otherwise,
1: think... it's looking like ninth, isn't
0: it? Yeah, not looking great. And then it'll be Europa League and bust as to whether we get into uh, Europe again next season, which will have massive implications on the club not only from a financial perspective but also in terms of who we can attract to the club you know players want to play in europe even if it's europa uh, it's another opportunity to win something isn't it so uh, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens and as i said we'll do a preview of that game closer to the the time but before that game we've got a game of our own diddly this game is who are ya? uh so i'm gonna play a short clip of an arsenal player uh either current or former um from an interview and you just have to guess who that player is. Think you can do that? All
1: right. Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, so let's play. Who are you? Who are you? Right, here we go. That was awful. <laughs> right. Um I'll give you one clue. I'll give you two clues actually. Uh this is a former Arsenal player, not a current Arsenal player. And this interview was from December 2016. And I'll give you that because of the context of what he says. You ready? Yeah, let's go Let seconds. listen to this
1: compete for the Premier League title but I see Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester City
0: get a better chance to win the, the Premier League would you like me to play that again yes please mate yeah here we go
1: Arsenal can compete for the Premier League title, but I see Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester City get a better chance to win the the Premier League.
0: So which former Arsenal player said in December 2016, uh, Liverpool, Manchester City and uh, Chelsea, I think it was, have a better chance of winning the Premier League than Arsenal? was it Giroud? It was not Giroud. Correct nationality, though. French, Lacazette? it? was a former Arsenal player, so it was former,
1: not Sorry, yeah. I'll, um, I'll give
0: you one more clue. They're retired. On. They're retired. They're not currently playing.
1: Oh Emmanuel
0: Petit. It, it was Emmanuel Petit, the man that seems to have a love hate relationship with Arsenal since he yeah, left.
1: Yeah, I remember him saying it now. No. no oh. uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, bit of a bit of a strange one actually. Yeah, isn't?
1: he's 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 been quite scathing, hasn't he, I think.
0: Yeah, he's he's kind of become a bit anti Arsenal, hasn't he? I don't know if that's because he's kind of feeling how everyone's feeling in terms of the lack of progress at the club. Um I think some stuff he said in the past has been a bit, as you say, scathing. And others have been, uh, as I said, maybe just saying what everyone's thinking. But there you go. That was uh, Emmanuel Petit. Right. We have got some questions. We have got some questions this week. Uh, So thank you to uh, the few that have sent those in. Um, So friend of the show, Scott Borg at SM underscore Borg. Um, uh, as I say, he, he he's host or co-host of It's a Football Thing podcast. Go check that out. Uh, and sc- sc- Scott drunkenly must have been drunk when he said this. I'm gonna I'm gonna type it as he's as he's written it, and then I'll read his uh, his follow up tweet afterwards. So he says, "How much do seen so much negative talk about Orba? Do you guys feel that calls for him to lose the captaincy are warranted? I think they're too extreme. A confident Orba is a lethal Orba." Uh, and then he follows up with a this is why you don't tweet late at night hopefully you guys can interpret the horrible <laughs> english so i think what he's saying is you've seen a lot of hate for Alba recently people mm. saying stripping of the crap captaincy um, do you think that's warranted didley you know
1: yeah he's not i don't know i mean he's he's gone for a bad spell of form he's let himself down and the team with his you know lateness i think uh, which, you know, caused him to be dropped. It's not captain's behaviour, for me anyway, personally. He should be the first one there. He, he should be...
0: Leading by example.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um, again, during the West End game, he was kind of non-existent for, for big parts of it. And, you know... He should be one of those players now. The star sort of value that he's got at the club as sort of the high earner, the captain, the face of Arsenal. He's got to show it on the pitch. And, and it, you know, it was a 22-year-old Martin Odegaard for me that, that grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and and pushed us forward Mm -hmm. and and made stuff happen and and was the catalyst for the, for the comeback. He, he just didn't do anything. You know, I'm not, I know it's difficult. It's difficult when you're a a forward, you know, to go out and just create chances for yourself. But I don't even see him sort of rallying around and, and clapping his hands and and getting other players going, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I'd never really, sorry to go on, but I never really liked Thierry Henry as a captain for Arsenal. I know he's a massive legend, but I I don't like forwards as captains. I I don't, it doesn't work for me, but you at least saw Henry do things, you know, set a good example and, and lead by example you know Aubameyang's just not doing it At the yeah moment, I don't know whether it's weighing heavy on him what, what do you think
0: um I agree with everything you've just said we have said it before we don't like strikers as captains um he's not the kind of guy to do the screaming and shouting but I don't know if you've noticed Arsenal have started doing this thing called um mic cam or live live mic or something like that where basically they uh I guess because there's no fans in the stadiums at the moment, they can pick up what players are saying. So they'll focus on one player at a time. Last week it was Kieran Tierney. This week it was Martin Odegaard. And I don't know whether they're consciously aware that there's the mic on them or the camera on them, but there's a lot of screaming and shouting and clapping and come on guys from those two. Um, It may well be, and I wouldn't have thought that necessarily about Odegaard. It may well be that Aubameyang is doing a lot of that and we just don't see and hear it possibly from from where we are my gut tells me not um there's a couple of things really that that come from this um one is i i think uh, to myself i always think about it um i think it was ian wright that said it when dennis Burkamp came into the club everyone looked at this guy like wow that's how you train that's the level you train at to be uh, a world-class player and he set the bar and everyone kind of elevated themselves up to his standard because they wanted to be that good and I just I know times change and um, I guess as times change people change cultures change but I just wonder how would Pierre-Emerick or Aubameyang survive or be perceived in an Arsenal squad like that would they look at him as a joker and think you're not good enough to be with us or or would he up his game and I guess what I'm saying is, is the culture at the club? Yes, Arteta is setting the non-negotiables and fair play. He, he held him to that last week where he, he said you were late to the uh, the game, so you're not going to start. But is the rest of the club too immature and um, happy to almost be semi-unsuccessful or or, or not? Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Does he? Does he? He's not setting the tone. He's just kind of living and breathing the way the club is at the moment because i remember Chesney saying about when he went to uh juventus from arsenal he said it's completely the mindset there is completely different you are expected to win you know come hell or high water you need to win that is the ethos he said it's kind of different to arsenal where it's kind of comfortable and you don't have to be like that and it's just you know try your best i just wonder whether is a victim well, the- I, yeah i feel like yeah you, you're
1: right it definitely was the case at that time, you know, when Szczesny was there and Arsene Wenger was was still there. I think Arteta's trying to change that. Yeah. Trying to 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 get those players out of the club and the ones that feel comfortable and you know happy to just pick up a paycheck and oh, isn't it nice here, you know, playing on the carpet at the Emirates and. Oh, it's even better. No fans here. There's no fans here to shout at me and yeah. abuse. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Aubameyang is one of those. I, I think he he wants to do well and he he loves scoring goals. I just I don't think for one he wants to play on the right wing. Yeah, would be yeah. one one of the points. I think he wants to play centre forward and, and he wants people to make chances for him.
0: Yeah, which He's we know's been an issue. It. It's been an issue for us this season, hasn't it? We've not created enough chances. He's therefore not had enough opportunity to score lots of goals. But do you think the captaincy's weighing on him? Because when he signed his contract, he talked about wanting to leave yeah. a legacy and all this, all this other stuff, which I'm sure every player wants to do. And there's nothing better, is there, than being the captain of your club? But you know, is that weighing on him or? Do you think he's not really that bothered?
1: I, I'm not sure he is that bothered, to be honest. And, and when you've got other players on the pitch that sort of act a little bit more like a captain, and I, I hate to say David Luiz, but sometimes he looks like the captain.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, from, a Grant, visual point, he? from a
1: visual point of view. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even even Granite Shaka, you know, um, does it really matter in this day and age? I mean, we sort of, it was one of those things where back in the day, in the night, sort of you know, in the nineties, eighties, seventies, your captain was your best player, you picked week in week out. Um, modern day football, I'm yeah. not sure it is as important.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but you we certainly the- don't have that type of John Terry, sort of Steven Gerrard, Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira type player. We don't not have that in the
0: squad. Leaders. Leaders. We don't have leaders like that. No. I mean, the, the one thing that really bugs me about him is he doesn't come out and do the after-match
1: yeah.
0: reaction when we've played poorly. Never. It's only ever if you scored goals or we've won, he'll come out and do the ha-ha, clappy-clappy, funny-funny. That's not a leader. A leader comes out and takes it on the chin, you know? And, uh, I again, I don't think he should be should be captain. You can probably sort of uh, read into that from what I'm saying that said, I don't think you should take the captaincy off a player mid season. I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, And as Scott says, um, a confident orbiter is a lethal orbiter. I think you're right. And if it was me, I'd get to the end of the season and go, you've done a great job. Um, But you know what? Just focus on football. Don't worry about anything else. Focus on the football. Off you go. Thanks very much. We're going to build a team. that's going to create lots of chances for you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you've got to try and find a way to spin it that he understands and accepts the positive in it. You know, maybe make him a vice captain, but actually the captain is going to be whoever. You know, uh, he's definitely what? Yeah, definitely uh, one that's created a lot of debate. So thanks, that Scott 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 Scott. Uh, great, uh, great question. Um, right, next questions from. <laughs> I'm sure you've changed your name, my friend. At Dope Guna, who's Killian Shambapé. <laughs> I can't remember what your name was before, but it wasn't that, but it was funny. So keep up the good work. Anyway, he says, or she says, uh, is signing Odegaard permanently our number one priority this summer? I know we've kind of touched on it already in this podcast episode, but should that be our number one? I mean, what is the priority in the team at the moment? What do we need more of?
1: Well, we need more goals. We need more... Uh, creativity I guess I mean he doesn't give just that does he Odegaard he, he, uh, he does a lot of defensive work I think he ran the most or the furthest or, or against West Ham out of all the Arsenal players Yeah. Um, on Sunday he puts a shift in he's got a great attitude I say he's, he's growing on me to be
0: fair yeah um, I think with Odegaard he's one of those players that attracts other players. Do you know what I mean by that? He's the sort of player, I think, that other players look at and go, I want to play with him. I'd come to Arsenal to play with those guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I do think he's one of those players. If we can sign him, whether on loan or permanently, I do think it will add as a pull for the club. Um, You know, whatever Arsenal fans think of Arteta, obviously some are in, some are out, some are unsure. People speak glowingly of him. And so you've got to think Arteta... You know, Martinelli, Saka, um, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, if we can get him. That's some attraction to other players, isn't it, to want to play with that, especially if you're a forward player. And As you just said, Aubameyang's still going to be here, as as, as we think. But Lacazette could be going, so he's another striker coming in, uh, another opportunity in the summer. And again, does that then mean that you think, oh, I'm going to be fed the ball by the likes of Odegaard? I've got lots of opportunity. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah, I think it's a it's definitely got to be up there in terms of priorities.
1: I mean yeah, it's up there. I think central midfield is an issue as well. Still, um, we could do with a player of the calibre of Thomas Partey, you know, with a different skill set yeah. uh, to play alongside him. So yeah. an upgrade on on Granite Shaka. Um, I think that that's possibly for me the biggest priority. Um, I know that they're quite clean, keen as a club to uh, get a right-sided centre back in, despite mm-hmm. having you know quite a few centre backs. Um, if David Luiz isn't given an, another contract, I think um, you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen with William Saliba. But um, yeah, so that's the other. The, all over the pitch we need, need improvement don't we
0: yeah we absolutely do um so cool thank you for that one appreciate your uh, question uh, and funny you mentioned thomas party because we've got a question from a friend of the show Artetari, who's at jude Aholu. um he or she we never know never know the sex of these people but that's not important the, the important thing is you got in touch uh, they say Saw when party moved more centrally to the midfield, our play totally changed with quick forward straight passes. I think we are overrating the Jacka party pivot. It makes us slow. We need an eight or six that can run around and hold the middle with him. Gwendo makes that cut for me. Uh, of course, Matteo Gwendozi. That reference. Mm. So, could you see a Gwendozi party double act, or not?
1: I right, certainly see that type of player someone who's who's really good on the ball that can carry it forwards for me I can't see the Gwendouzi thing happening Uh, it's probably his time's probably done at the club I just I don't know why we wouldn't have kept him around this season if if it wasn't to be you know doesn't make sense
0: yeah Uh, yeah I think you're right Uh, I think what you're saying is that type of player but not him yeah. You know, um, it's a bit like when a girl says to you, I want a boyfriend just like you, but not you. <laughs> Which is yeah, never pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure Guendouzi's actually got a future at Arsenal. Uh, he came out recently as saying, look, I'll, I'll give everything to that club I have done since the day I signed. And you can't deny his passion. That's kind of what got him into trouble a lot of the time. Uh, did he go to Hertha Berlin on loan to grow up a little bit, to get a bit more football? I'm not sure, maybe. Uh, or was it just, look, get him away from the club because he's a bit toxic in the changing room? Maybe it was that too. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm I'm with you. I can't really see a way back for him, personally speaking. So um, another one where we'll review at the end of the season and see what happens. But I think his bright start at Hertha Berlin has kind of lost a bit of its, uh, its, its shine, hasn't it? From, from what I gather um, so again thank you for that question we'll obviously see what, what happens in, in the coming months um, but needless to say there's definitely improvements we need to make top, middle and bottom of our, of our spine if you like of our team uh, and I think with the recent financial losses that we reported recently um, I'm sure Arteta has a plan based on for transfers based on if we finish in the Champions League if we finish in the Europa League and if we finish out of all of them and at the minute, it's looking more like the latter. So we're going to have to be very smart with, with signings. But, yeah, you know, if that means more Odegaard-type signings, then, then so be it. So, cool. All right, well, look, we've we discussed a lot there. Um, so hopefully that's been entertaining enough for you. And uh, if you agree, yeah. get in touch. If you don't, get in touch. You know, this isn't about uh, what <laughs> we think. We want to know what you think too. So continue to send your questions in. Um, diddly social medias again just remind them where they can send us love or abuse
1: <laughs> twitter instagram youtube uh at blast arsenal pod or search blast arsenal pod or blast from the arsenal
0: yeah anything anything that sounds vaguely similar to what Didley has just said <laughs> don't worry it. it's all right i'm only joking um international break as we've said this come a we're still going to put a show together. There's no rest on Blast from the Arsenal podcast, so we will be recording uh, something over the course of the weekend to keep your ears entertained. And we may well make it a live show this time. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think we can manage that. Hey, let's do that.
0: Good. All right. Well, thanks again for your support, and we will speak to you soon.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for uh, hearing from my old football teammate, Rhys Hill, for sending a question in. I forgot to say it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> thank Andrews. you, well, Rhys. All right, take care, mate. Cheers, guys. See you in a bit. See you later.
0: You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal.